Hello, what is up, Off the Clock Coffee listeners? Thanks so much for joining us today. Woo! Bef- yeah, before we start, today's a special day. Um, Angela, why is it a special day? I have no idea. <laughs> really? Okay, I'm just kidding. It is, drum roll, oh my god, it's our 10th episode! Yay! That's so crazy to think that it's our 10th episode. Like, I I feel like it was just yesterday. It was just an idea. That's what I'm saying. And now we're, we're hitting a big milestone. 10 episodes doesn't seem like a lot, but for me, at least, I, it is a big stepping stone into, like, starting this new journey in the podcast and just in life in general. Yeah, I feel like time just flew by and... Yeah, we started this idea New Year's Eve, I think, or something like that, or maybe like a week before. And so here we are. I'm just so proud of us because I feel like we've just been on autopilot cranking these episodes out. And wow, it is our 10th. So because it is our 10th episode, we want to do something special for our listeners because obviously we wouldn't be here today enjoying what we do if we didn't have such supportive listeners. Um, and we wanted to do a giveaway. So, woo! Woo! and probably by the time you're listening to this, you have already seen our giveaway launch. We would have, lo- we just launched on Friday the 19th. So be sure to check it out. It runs from the 19th to the 26th. So all you got to do is like the post, comment, tag two friends, and share the post on your story. And you can enter as many times as you want. You get to win an awesome care package and we'll ship it right to you. You don't have to be California based. So we just really hope that you participate because we want to just give out love and give out a free care package because why not we all love care packages gift giving as a love language this is how we're practicing it yes exactly so be sure to participate and just share with your friends we really appreciate it um yeah so today is really special um on top of it being our 10th episode we have a special guest with us um Before I dive into it, there's obviously a lot of reasons why we wanted to bring a guest on today, but I'll let Angela share um, one of her favorite quotes. Yes. Yes. It spoke to me when I read it. It was a part of a book that this author wrote, obviously. So the quote is, human knowledge is never contained in one person. It grows from relationships we create between each other and the world. And still, it is never complete. This is by Paul K. <laughs> I can't I can't say his last name, but this is from the book When Breath Becomes Air, and I think this was so important for me to share because obviously we are have we have a guest on this podcast and I wanted to just remind everyone how important it is to have relationships, to have friendships because um, through our friends we learn more about the world and even ourselves and I remember talking about this in a previous episode that for me I learned more about myself and I practice self-love through connecting with my friends because I learn a lot about myself through my friends so 
Um, I felt as if this was a great segue into this amazing guest and introduction to our guest, who is Darlene. Oops, sorry. I, I was like, totally drum roll, and then you're like, Darlene. And I was like, all right. <laughs> um, our, our guest today is our really good friend, our former teammate from The Good Project, Darlene Nguyen. And I've known Darlene since 2016, I believe. She's been amazing. I almost wanted to say mentor, and I would say she would be a mentor in so many aspects, whether that be in career, love, uh, just mental health in general. I learned so much from her, and I'm so excited for her to come on this podcast. She has so much to share. Yes, um, I'm super happy. Darlene, welcome. Thanks for being here. Uh, Just a little bit of background about Darlene. Uh, She is a Vietnamese-American from the Bay Area, now living in L.A., and she started off uh, in finance, and now she's living up her life doing advertising analytics, doing big things with big companies, and while advocating for diversity and inclusion in the workplace. There's so much to learn from her. It's been such a privilege being her friend, and just I'm just very thankful that she gets to be our first guest. Uh, Darlene is a superwoman. She's pursuing full-time work yep. while also doing dance. So this is the perfect time for us to pick your brain, Dar, and just dive into everything that you've been through because I'm sure a lot of listeners can relate to where you come from and the adversities and the wins that you've encountered throughout your time uh, in your like womanhood and adult life. Yeah. So, and also tell us about how to kind of how your, your job is right now, what you've been up to, like just things you want to share about, yeah, just anything that's been going on in your life. Like I'd love to know about it. Our listeners would love to know about it. Oh my gosh, you guys are <laughs> I'm so grateful that I have you like have you guys let me be on your podcast, first of all. And tons of really, really nice words you guys got there. Sorry, I'm being a little awkward. <laughs> Anyways, that was also a very loaded question. How am I? That's always very loaded to me. Let me start off with, you know, career. Let's start there. How am I? Well, I overall, I think an overall feeling that I've been having is I'm happy. And I think that that's because one work is settled Two, I finally made that decision to pursue dance. And it's, I think making a choice, let me, let me backtrack. I think when we live our lives, it's a predetermined path, right? You're like, oh, I go to middle school. Mm -hmm. Oh, I go to high school. Okay, I'm going to go to college next. Okay, graduate. Oh, I'm going to get a job. Um, It's a little predetermined Mm -hmm. in what next steps. And so for the longest time, I've spent years trying to figure out how I want to shape my life. And for the first time, I felt like I made a choice versus just kind of going along for the ride. There's a beauty in both mm-hmm. paths, of course, but the fact that I, I made this choice, I'm already happy just making a choice. What I do and whatever result comes out of it, sure, it'll be good, but I made a choice and that's why I've now been able to be present in the workplace. I am present and active wow. and you know, working at trying to pursue dance, trying to get build those little habits, get my fitness together, 
take care of the logistics when it comes to it, all of it. I, I don't know. I think I'm just happy right now. You guys caught me at a great time. The start of a new chapter is always good. Can't deny that. Yeah. That's freaking awesome. And yeah, that's so cool that you deviated from the norm, right? And I think that's something that a lot of us can understand the struggle with. And, you know, growing up in uh, an Asian American home or just being like, a a child of society you know it's always so hard to want to deviate from that and to be like this is what I really want because society kind of tells you what you want and then you get you kind of just psych yourself out so I'm curious to know like what were the struggles what were one of the biggest struggles um leading up to you making that choice of yours that's such a bold choice oh my god obviously Asian ingrained culture I I don't even know where I know that's so broad Uh, but as I mentioned, like, you know, our parents came here and struggled just so they could provide a future for us. And I would say I was a rebellious child and, and I would never let anyone get in the way of what I wanted. And that's the scary part that it was so subconscious that it was so ingrained in my behaviors that, oh, like, you know, I really do want a stable job. Like, this is what I want. Like, I, I, I should find a corporate job. I think that's the right way. And I thought that I had deviated already from choosing advertising and not your typical lawyer doctor route that an Asian parent would typically want you to do. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know, what? I'm, I'm already fighting the norm. It's all good. But then I, something felt, I don't know, like, oh gosh, I'm just having this moment right now. Okay. So I'm going to skip over a lot of things and jump straight to what happened just a few weeks ago when I told my parents about this goal of mine to pursue dance. Mm. It was a struggle. Uh, My mom, first of all, didn't understand. I think that's why I had avoided this idea for so long because it wasn't stable. So when I brought it up to my parents, my mom was like, I... I don't, do you think that that's the best idea? And I was like, why mom? What, why is it a bad idea? And she said, I'm just worried. I, I don't know. And I was like, okay, why are you worried? And she said, I don't want you to end up with nothing. And that, Mm -hmm. that hit me. I was like, what makes you think that I would end up with nothing? But the point of this is like, as much as my parents are, trying to support me. I don't think that they understand the world. And that's the biggest struggle with me making this decision because I don't know how to explain to my parents that pursuing the arts is not necessarily uh, a more unstable life. And it's not like you can't make a career out of it. Um, And I definitely struggled having that conversation. I was so down for like a few weeks, but I put that voice to bed, realizing that, you know, this industry is tough. I'm going to have to learn to deal with a lot of doubt. And I had to pick myself back up. And I reminded myself that the reason I wanted to do this was because I could not shake the feeling of how much I love dance. I've graduated Mm -hmm. and I've been working for five years now. And Obviously, all of us, uh, you ladies, I was on Good Project with you. So that was a good time in my life. And I was dedicated to that for a few years. And that was an hour away in Irvine. So I think I committed at least 10 to 20 hours 
being on Good Project a week. And so I thought to myself, if I could do that back then and now I'm no longer on it, why not dedicate those hours now to pursuing dance? And why not look mm-hmm. at it as an investment into myself? I think what shifted for me was considering like my cousins and all my friends who are pursuing their masters or their PhDs or going down the med school route. They are taking out $300,000 in loans. They are committing themselves mm-hmm. to five to 10 years of schooling, they are not working during this time. So super, super in debt. And I thought, what's the harm in me taking a few years to really go for something that I can't shake out of my mind? Mm -hmm. And so that's pretty much it. Those are all my thoughts just blurted out here. (laughs) I don't even know if it made sense, but... No, it did. I'm just so happy that you got to share that because... For me, when I heard the news that you were pursuing dance, I felt very proud because I'm sure there was a lot of fear that came with it. And I think I found myself very inspired because not a lot of people have that same drive, that have that same um, like courage to even pursue what they truly want. And I... I'm so thankful that I'm able to see and witness your journey into this because um, a lot of us need that push and that reminder that it is really important to do what you love and not be driven by the money or the stability of Mm -hmm. a job. Yeah, Mm -hmm. 100%. And I'm and now I'm I'm curious because you know, you you're right, like you did a competitive dance team that was like 15 hours, if not 20, so some hours a week, uh, while you were working full time, and you were commuting like two hours a day at a minimum, right going back and forth from LA to Irvine. So wow, I guess now that you have made this decision to share those hours or dedicate those hours to dance. um, How is it like balancing a nine to five job and pursuing dance full time? Uh, currently right now and also in the context of the pandemic too I'm just curious how that's been for you like what is that process like so far I do have to caveat this is the start of my chapter so I'm not signed yet and I'm not going to auditions yet I'm handling the logistics so that's just a caveat um but I really think the trick is to just ease into it take it at your own pace you know as we're finding our space whoever you are and whatever background whatever anything, right? Cater your lifestyle to however it fits you and your desires. I'm not going to go copy someone in the way that they approach life. You know, I have to find what works Mm -hmm. for me. So in this pursuit, I'm starting small. I took a look at what are areas I could work on, but how am I even going to make those changes? Because you could listen to someone be like, just do all these things. And I'll be like, no. I don't want to. (laughs) What works for me and what I've identified is just building small habits so that they come off as like natural to me. Because if somebody ever told Mm -hmm. me what to do, I'd be like, hell no, I'm not going to do it. No. Uh, Mm -hmm. So little things. I think the, the major step was one, making the choice. And then two, I actually signed up for Galen Hooks Intensive. Uh, I just love her. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I love her. And she had a game plan. I think that's what really helped me kind of figure out my path. I kind of knew broadly the approach, but that course, you know, helped me 
figure out the smaller steps that I could handle during COVID. So right now I am one picking up on my athleticism because COVID made me a little chunky, you know, out of shape. So (laughs) first, I feel you, girl. (laughs) Me too. Oh, gosh. Yes. So just getting back into the habit of movement. I hate working out. So if you told me to work out, I would also not do it. So it's a, a mind, a perspective shift. I told myself, like, let's just move a little bit every day. It doesn't have to be big. And so far, I've actually done two workouts, one in the morning, one after work every day. For, at the end of this week will be three weeks. And they say wow. 21 days is when you build a habit. So yes. I'm almost there. Um, so I'm ha- getting my athleticism back. I know I have to work on my dance pickup. So I, <laughs> the analyst in me was very like geeky about this and I made a spreadsheet with measurement KPIs, you know? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I made a spreadsheet to track my retention rate accuracy and yeah, yeah. That, that is so like a data like analyst thing to do. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yes. But it makes sense. It makes sense to track your progress. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been doing that and I've been trying to work on a rebrand, figuring out my Instagram and trying to plan out content. But again, I'm doing this at a very slow pace. I put monthly deadlines, but nothing too specific because for the type of person that I am, I don't want to take the fun out of this process. I think the joy Mm -hmm. is in this journey of me going on it. And not necessarily the final destination. By then, I'll probably mm. I'll run into my own new problems. But this is this is the dream right here and right now. So I want to enjoy it day by day. Wow! Wow! <laughs> <laughs> we wasn't that same. I think that's so interesting because when I was younger, <laughs> early twenties, gosh, um, I was always afraid of blending work and hobbies. Because I was so afraid of making it work and less fun. And I always wanted dance to be my escape, my way of relieving stress when work was so stressful. So I'm curious how you're making it. Is it the um, taking it slowly? Like, how do you keep it fun and not feel like work? It, yeah, I do have to emphasize right now I'm taking it super slow. I'm sure that'll change, but I think because dance has been on my mind for the past however many – I've been dancing for over 10 years, and the thought of me pursuing dance has been sitting on my mind since I moved to L.A., so it's five years that it's been sitting there, and I kind of do it, and I, I'm still working. But I think just knowing that I could never stop thinking about it. I spend my days just analyzing dance. How do I teach better? How do I break this down? Like it should be my career kind of like the way that I'm approaching it should be my career. I was just like having this thought. I was Mm -hmm. like, I kept having the same conversations with all of my friends, all and all of my coworkers. Every time I caught up with someone after so many years, there was kind of that like, oh yeah, like I'm working, but like I'm really just like thinking about dance And so I think Mm -hmm. I just love it so much that the way that I approach it is, yes, some things about dance will get me frustrated. I will get burnt out. I might even cry. I'll get mad someday, sure. But I don't think I would ever get anxiety from 
dance and trying to problem solve the way that I sometimes get anxious at work. I think it's a completely different feeling from being frustrated and stressed versus being anxious. I think that's the separator. Wow. Wow. That's powerful. Um, So how did you get into dance? Oh, I'm curious. Oh my gosh. This is really cheesy. (laughs) Okay. I think, I honestly think I was just born that way. But to be honest, the memory as a child, I have to admit, is Cheetah Girls. <laughs> I can't. Oh, my God. I, yes. Cheetah Girls. I would just love to – Okay, so backstory. There's four girls in there, and for me, I grew up with my cousins that are super close, so there's four of us. So it's kind of like we kind of related to – we just grouped four and four, and I would just love to, like, sing their songs and, like, dance. And we actually performed a, a piece at my our uncle's wedding. is embarrassing. <laughs> Which one were you? Which two oh, girl? I can't even remember. I I think it was Raven. I call her Raven. It's not even. Oh my god! You would be. <laughs> you would be main character. <laughs> you the embody star. her. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I love it. Wow. No, that is that's awesome. And I think the one thing that I took away from that too is that you said you didn't want this to feel like work and passion it's so easy for not even just dance but any type of passion that we pursue it's so easy to turn into autopilot and then start burning yourself out without even realizing it because you can't or you forget to kind of separate or draw boundaries or find habits that are sustainable right and so i think it's really good that that's a priority for you and i feel like that's such a sustainable mindset into keeping dance in your life for a really long time and yeah so and, and something also i'm just curious about is you're you're balancing like this the two worlds is what it feels like cuz you're you're to me, like you're a dancer and then you're also doing like nine to five other types of adulting work. And I'm just curious to know what brought you into advertising in the first place. I know your heart's in dance, but I'm just curious, you know, you're also the other half of DAR is you're a data analyst. And so I want to know what brought you there. I'm not, I just want to correct. I'm not a data analyst. I'm a storyteller. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Ooh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love that. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm actually an analyst. <laughs> um, no, uh, what got me into it? For, uh, you know, okay, so this is where I go back to. I kind of fell into it, and it worked out. Um, as I mentioned, I was on the pursuit for finance when I was in college, but I realized, I was like, man, this is kind of like a cutthroat industry based off like what I'm hearing engaging from people. I don't know that that's me. And so the more I just like chatted with some of my friends – they introduced me to the idea of advertising. Um, I think I had to break down like, who am I? And not being like dramatic about it. It's just like thinking about the little things, right? So who am I? I, you know, I like jigsaw puzzles, right? Um, I, very curious person. Uh, I know I'm also partly creative and I get bored easily. So I need some change. And so when my friends talked about advertising, you get to work on several clients. It's a creative industry. Hello, media. Um, I was like, this sounds cool. And then my first internship I actually got because I was on the dance team, Ascension, uh, and the alumni Mm. network, uh, one of the girls posted about 
an internship opportunity at her ad agency. So I ended up getting that and it was in analytics. And I kind of stayed in it because I realized, like at the time I was studying economics in college and it's really breaking down, you know, understanding human behavior in, of course, like a, a quantifiable way. Um, and so, again, I'm a numbers person. I always thought it was money. Like I always like the idea of counting money for whatever odd reason. Um, so I thought that that married like my Asian number side with like my creative artistic side very well. So I stayed in that industry and I've been at my same company post-grad and it's been amazing because I don't know, I, I just, I feel so blessed with the, the opportunities I fell upon. Um, but I also worked hard for it too, right? After that internship, yes. I got another internship and then found my way to an LA agency. Wow. That is an amazing journey. And, you know, agency life is, is some fast paced, tough stuff, like you said, and part of it is also pretty cutthroat. So I think it's really cool that you climbed your way up there and are in a, a, a place that you're super comfortable and happy about. Yeah. Um, I, I want to dive into your company and how you've contributed to um, like more representation and diversity yes. inclusiveness. So um, yeah, I want to learn more about that because this is the first time I've been, I've heard of this and been introduced to this. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I, how do I even begin? Um, well, first of all, I love my job and I doing my work, but I always am the type to seek more. I love people and figuring them out and creating a culture. I think that's just the teacher in me. I don't know. Or like, yeah. it's how we find value, right? Connecting with others and building a community. And mm -hmm. so um, our company has this group called Represent. Uh, it's a program that was started by our HR team. They were kind of unfolding this program. It was kind of like, take, what, take it and make it whatever you want it to be. And so um, I met a colleague who was doing great work leading the first year for Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. I'm going to, I'm going to shorten that to APAM because it's really wordy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was, I've, I volunteered and since then I was hooked and I wanted to continue to add, uh, more value into the company. And two, I just, I just wanted the company to recognize Asians, like, come on, yeah. like, let's get some representation mm -hmm. and let Hell you yeah. hear our voices. Um, so that's how I got involved. It, it, first of all, you know, HR created it, but we made it what it, we wanted it to be. So after my first year of just sitting back and helping out, I directed the year after for the whole month. And me and my coworker, we were just like, man, we really want to showcase the talent here. How can we do that? And so we came up with this theme of like, find your voice, because that's what mattered to us both. We want people to hear our stories. We want you to, because I think that Asians in general have a hard, hard time speaking. I know I do. And I was like, how am I going to, I know I'm cool, but like, how do I make them see <laughs> it? You know? Uh, so I mm -hmm. wanted to create that space and we created this whole happy hour with like talent show, like open mic night kind of vibes during our happy hour where people shared their stories, shared their music. Wow. And it was crazy. Like 
the way that um, our coworkers reacted was just, uh, I felt so happy because he, uh, one of our coworkers was saying, you know, I didn't realize that he was so talented. Now we know like we could tap into him for one of our, our productions. And I was like, mm, yeah, wow. yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then he was also saying like, wow, I've never heard that someone shared their uh, immigrant family story um, and what the, the prominence of like, I forgot what the, he was mentioning some fast food. I think it was Jolly, uh, Jolly Bees. Yeah. He was talking about Jolly Bees and the importance of that to their family. I love Jolly Bee. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's cultural significance to all these mundane things that now our non-Asian associates can understand. Um, But that's, I just, I just love that getting people to know others. I think that's something that I've carried through my entire life. i feel like my, I don't want to say it's my mission in life because I don't think anyone needs to have a purpose, but I do feel strongly of like, I want to help advocate for others' voices because I know how hard it is to be heard. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's something that Dar is a queen at sharing and always reminding all of our friends, especially me, to always speak up and always like um, share what you have in your life and so that others can really understand who you are because the more you share, the more others will be aware mm-hmm. or learn from it. So I love that you just shared that. Thank you. Yeah. And um, I think it's really cool that your company had started this initiative on their own and then you were able to now have be, be so involved in it. And so I'm curious, um, you know, as a a worker in this industry, in this agency and ad industry, do you feel like there are any types of unconscious like bias, implicit bias with Asian Americans in the workplace or things that you've, whether you first handedly experienced or have um, witnessed in any way that has been like recurring? Uh, my first insti- instinct is to say, oh, hell yeah. But... I cannot say that firsthand. I don't know. I'm the type of person that just wants to sit back and observe, right? So I'll be very neutral on any stance typically. Um, I can't help but feel like there may be an underlying like bias, but I can't say that I've truly, truly experienced it because I would say that our agency is fairly diverse. Um, But I do know from hearing some of my friends who are also in the industry be surrounded by a ton of white folks, you know, and, and I have to say Mm -hmm. that even at our agency, uh, the leadership is heavily white, but with the movements of this past year, I think that that's coming, that's, there's a new tide coming in and there's a push Mm -hmm. to really support people of color making it and climbing the ladder. So we'll Mm -hmm. see how that that shifts. But yeah, I can't, I'm just being biased when I say I can't help but feel that there's Mm -hmm. a stigma. Mm -hmm. I, of course, because in the industry, in order to get anything across, you have to be loud, you have to be assertive. But isn't that, I mean, to me, that's a a white male dominated trait. I'm not gonna lie. I'm sorry. I'm not always that person. And I wish that we Mm -hmm. could be celebrated just the way that we are and that our brilliance can be seen in different ways. Maybe that is seen and I just don't see people talking about it, but I don't know. My interpretation Mm -hmm. is that, that that's not the case right now. 
I'm curious. How about the dance industry? Do you feel the same? Oh my yeah. god! Or like even being a female in the industry, like you don't have to share if you don't want to. But I feel like it's even worse. <laughs> like I said, I'm at the start of my chapter, so I'm not even super in it just yet. But even doing the intensive, my critique was, or my feedback was, sorry to say it, but you're Asian, and mm-hmm. you're gonna be. Wow. You're going to have less opportunities, but it's not to say that that's a, you know, there's a beauty in that there might be less competition. So you could be the go-to Asian. So it's like a compliment and not a compliment wow. at the same Amazing. Time. Yeah. The token it, Asian. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, and then again, as a female, it's like, you have to have, you have to lean into the feminine stereotypes even more. I, okay. Oh. Granted. I think there's a balance. I think you can still be authentically you, but you have to be like a cleaned up perfect version of you. You have to have your makeup on lock, your hair in place, your wardrobe on fleek. Like you just have to have it all put together in whatever mm-hmm, format right. that looks. So, you know, and have what? a pair of heels. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> Um, what do you think is the most significant barrier to females in leadership or females striving to get into a leadership role? Oh, the barriers ourselves. <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but uh, we as empathetic, like nurturing humans, I think that that's a, a very good trait that can serve us well into building a team. But to break into it, I think you need to, I think you need to step outside your comfort zone and learn how to be more assertive. And I think we are Mm -hmm. our own obstacles and barriers to being a woman in leadership. Mm -hmm. You have to fight for your team. You have to fight for what you want and you can't take no for an answer. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that my other question is what kind of advice could you would you give to females that are work, currently working in a male dominated industry? Um, someone told me this. Uh, one of my old bosses actually, or what she said to me was to stay true to yourself. I know that's not direct advice into this, but yes, stay true to yourself, and then two you know, stand your ground at the same Mm -hmm. time, you know, don't try to be somebody you're not, but learn how to draw those lines and, and stand up for what you believe in. And that's as simple as I can keep it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's great advice. Yeah. And I think that advice also carries over into the dance industry too, right? Because it's pretty tough with the industry being, um, you know, male dominant or having to fall, follow these check boxes with like female dancers, you know, what you need to dress like and how you need to clean yourself up and stuff. So it's, there's definitely some challenges in both that, or I guess challenges that mirror in both sides. And so it's really important that you did highlight all of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. I think we also have some questions now from our listeners that we definitely didn't want to leave out before we concluded this um, episode. Mm -hmm. So 
Angela, do you want to have a first yeah. go at the first question? Sure. Thank you, everyone, for submitting. It was so fun reading all of the questions, and I'm excited to share. So I guess the first one I would say is... Let's start with a fun one. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm not ready. <laughs> Let's start with a fun one. Okay. Andrew asks, please ask Darlene, who is Sarlene? And when does she come out? Or Carlene. Zar- Sarlene, Carlene. Carlene. <laughs> Sarlene, Carlene. Oh, my gosh. He... Okay, so Carlene is a nickname that my friends came up with when we were getting <laughs> lit one night out in line at the club or at the bar and somebody cut us in line and you know I was a few shots in and I was like who done cut us let me cut up a bitch like <laughs> who do I need to cut and so I think that's why they nicknamed me that uh, <laughs> and you know she comes out when I'm a few shots in but still lucid I love it oh my gosh so okay so if you guys heard our Vegas episode those stories with Darlene, this is the Darlene we're no, talking about. No, that was actually sassy... that was actually Carlene. That was not Darlene. Carlene, Carlene, I'm sorry. Okay, we should invite her next time. Uh... Not Darlene, Carlene. <laughs> not Darlene, it was Carlene. So I misspoke. <laughs> that is so funny. Thank you for answering that. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Um, okay, the next question um, is from Mary. Who inspired you to dance? Besides Raven, Um, who inspired me to dance? Oh my gosh. I can't say that it was any single person. I think it was every form of media that showcased dance. So step up, honey, like, so you think you can dance all Mm -hmm. of it. I just gravitated towards it. So I, I can't help but say I feel like I was born to be this way. I just naturally <laughs> I, I naturally gravitate towards it. No one like showed me or obviously my parents didn't introduce me to it. They forbade me from it. So like, you know, I think I it just gravitated towards every type of dancer that I could watch. I was inspired by. Mm-hmm. Love it. How about now? Who are your biggest inspirations? Ooh. Like, would you say the same thing? Uh, right now? Oh, man. Um, oh, that's tough. I do have to say I'm really in love with Galen Hooks right now. I, I just <laughs> love everything about her mm-hmm. and the way that she goes about dance. It's not about necessarily the movement, but it's about the story that you bring and the intention behind the movement. I think that's where I'm focused as opposed to the technique so my latest info yes yes what what are your strengths and weaknesses oh my god was this an interview question (laughs) (laughs) am i on a job right now (laughs) what are my strengths and my weakness well my strength is um i think i know how to call it like it is and i'm not afraid to say it uh, whatever I need to, to be honest, but also in a constructive way. I'm not going to go about it in a mean way. I think that's where my nurturing side and empathy comes into play, where I can really read a situation, understand how others might feel, and also be honest and let people know what they need to hear. I um, love that about you. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, weaknesses, you know, I can be a little short temper, but you know what? I am working on it. 
sometimes I get a little too aggressive. Um, but I've definitely learned. Carly, yeah. Carly yeah. comes out. No. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, learn, I've learned how to at least pause. Um, so it's a work mm-hmm. in progress. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, the next question is from Asia. How do you find time for dance and work and avoid burnout? Or what do you do when you start feeling burnout? It's a two-part question. I cry a little, not going to lie. Or, okay, I don't always cry, but I definitely, like, get frustrated and, like, tired. And then I'll just potato. And then I'll just be okay with potatoing. And then I'll get back into it. Um, Balancing it, like I said, I'm not going to push myself to a point where I can't take it. I'm not going to suck the fun out of it. And if something starts to like tire me out, I'll remind myself, this is something that I want to do and I'm excited for it. And it's, it's going to make me feel better and I'm going to do better. And this is frustrating, but this is part of the beauty and the struggle and it's going to pass. So, yeah. Love that. Okay. I have one who would you want to backup dance for? Ooh. That's a good one. Who? Oh, I was like, okay, who would I want to backup dance for? I want to be in Justin Bieber's music videos. I don't need to backup dance for him. It would be cool. <laughs> I would love to backup dance for, of course, any rising Asian female artist because representation. Yes. Oh, uh, Kehlani. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I could really always and forever dance back up for Miguel. He's got the voice of an angel. I could listen to him nonstop. (laughs) He does. I love him. Live is so amazing all day, every day. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. I have one last question on my end. Um, This one is from Annie. Uh, You kind of already talked about this, but she did ask, um, how did uh, Darlene start her dancing journey and how does she balance life? So you can answer that however you want. (laughs) How did I start my dancing journey? You know, from the get-go, I was forbidden to dance. So I was like, I'm going to find a way to dance. And I did it. I joined my high school dance team. I joined a dance team in college to get connected. I joined a dance team post-grad because it was like my home base. Like Mm -hmm. dance is always an integral part of me. And I always seek that community. And that helps me surround myself with others to continually be inspired by those sharing the same passion and how I balance life. Uh, Routines. Gotta build a routine. I'm all about planning and routines. Mm -hmm. What are my Mondays for? Meal prep or like, like just like relaxing or whatever it may be. Thursdays used to be my cleaning days, but it is now like my dance teaching days and yes. setting up that routine really, really helps uh, get my life together. Mm-hmm. I love it. You're so organized. I just freaking love it. You're so on top of it. <laughs> okay. I have three questions. Ooh. So the first one are three last questions. First one, are you still teaching? I you are, am right? still teaching. I'm not teaching a consistent class, but I am doing private sessions. I'm not advertising it just because That was, again, an example of boundaries. I didn't want to burn myself out um, teaching, so I kind of, like, kept it on the down low. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is it still with the urban? 
Yes. Uh, well, Urban is closed right now, or we're trying to like schedule some classes. But again, mm-hmm. it's like it's not an open weekly session right now. It's just mm-hmm. privates. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Second question. This is kind of an inside joke. <laughs> Here we go. So, do you now know what the renegade is? Oh no! I'm on the outside of this joke. Oh no! I I don't think I do. <laughs> okay. For context, this is when TikTok just came out. Oh. And it was just so funny because everyone was just doing the, you know, the dance. And um, we were just referencing the Renegade, the Renegade. And Dar comes up to, I think it was Jesse or one of our friends, and she whispers, What's the Renegade? (laughs) I was like, What? Darlene. Darlene the Boomer. That's why I'm just saying. I'm so uncultured with pop. Do you have a TikTok? Are you going to start using it with your dance? Mm, that's a good question. TBD. <laughs> I feel like it would be a good addition to your It should your totally lifestyle. be. I'm not I'm so bad with media in general. It's it's a new thing I will have to learn. <laughs> well, you've been you just released a video today? No, yesterday. Yes. Right? Yes. And that was amazing. It's so nice that you are producing like real raw videos with Aaron. Storytelling. I I love it. Yeah. And we're going to link that obviously in our social media um, because I think everyone should really see how talented Dara is. And you could see why she's pursuing this career Mm -hmm. because she's just so amazing at what she does. And then my last question is from Ben Benedict. He says, "Can we be better friends?" Oh, Ben! Oh. Of course we can. Oh. You live in K Town, duh. Charlie's on the hot I, seat right now. <laughs> I am the worst at reaching out to people. This is why I like really had a hard time having friends. Like all my friends are the uh, very in my life. And they're there because the mm-hmm. one's making the effort. And then I'll be like, oh, okay, I should reach out now. But it's something that I'm definitely trying to work on and trying to reach out to people. But it's definitely uncomfortable for me in so many ways. Um, but I will try to be better. Yes, Ben, <laughs> let's be friends. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see you struggling with that because you always hit me up whenever i am thinking about you so i think you're doing a great job oh that's good it's like a total mental battle on my end be like okay i haven't talked to her should i talk to her no oh <laughs> what it uh oh, wait uh maybe you know uh, time passed all right i'm, I'm over it fuck should, like, I, should I reach over no opportunity is over and i'm just like in a daze <laughs> i love it wow okay is that does that wrap up our questions angela yeah Wow, amazing. This essentially concludes our episode slash interview in a sense. So thank you so much, Dar, for spending your time with us and being on our 10th episode. It was so fun. Yeah, I got to know you. Just hanging out. (laughs) Yeah, we like got to dig deep, unpack a lot of things. (laughs) Yeah, I've learned so much from this and just about your career stuff. I mean, I know you and I have spoken about like our careers together, but being able to just have a back and forth conversation has been so nice. And I'm sure our listeners can say the same thing. I'm just super Mm -hmm. excited to get this launched. 
So uh, just some closing out reminders. Don't forget, we have a giveaway going on right now until the 26th. So be sure to follow us on our Instagram at Off The Clock Coffee, as well as our YouTube at Off The Clock Coffee. And like the post, comment, tag two friends, share on your story so that you can have a chance to win this amazing care package that I, I can't even take credit for because Angela is the one doing all the shopping. <laughs> because you no, know, and you're making the creatives for it so it's a teamwork type of deal. yes but angela's so much better at putting together care packages i feel like because she she does really well with gift giving in general as a person <laughs> so like you don't want to miss out on the chance to win this care package so again just i appreciate we appreciate list all you listeners for just being such a support system for all of us yeah yay so dar would you like to share any last Last comments? last words, last thoughts, last words. Just want to say thank you, ladies and listeners. I hope y'all didn't get bored. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they did. I'm sure they all learned so much about life and you. And um, it was a great conversation. And I think we all kind of needed to hear it. Mm-hmm. So where can they follow you? Ooh. Or find you on Instagram. Yeah. I was debating whether or not I should change my handle, but at the moment it's at Dardar Nguyen, N-G-U-Y-E-N. Yes. Yay. Don't forget to check out her her um, new concept video on her Instagram too. You can All find of them. it there. All of it. <laughs> yes. Check it out. And yeah, that essentially wraps everything up. So thanks again, and we'll see you all on our next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.